This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. This is Bentley Manning coming to you from the Church of the Incarnation in Highlands, North Carolina. Hey, and this is Kellen Day. Uh, Same deal here. Kellen, what do you think we should talk about on today's podcast? I hate when you just like, you know, spring that question on me as we are sitting down to podcast. Because you think that the listeners will assume that we're not prepared? Yeah, I just think it looks kind of uh, clumsy, sloppy. Well, you, I mean, listen, I just think at some point, you know, if you're a jazz musician and you figured out the notes, then improvisation's a wonderful thing. I don't think that we can equate ourselves with jazz musicians or at least experienced jazz musicians. Okay. We've been podcasting for like six months. So we're not there yet. I don't think we're there yet. All right, well, then let's Maybe take, in like a year. Maybe in a year. So we just need to like gather ourselves, make a plan, and then commence the podcast. All right, let's gather ourselves. All right, Kellen, I don't I don't know that this is rocket science. I think most of the time we start by telling people what we've been up to, what we've been thinking about the past week, and then uh, maybe a couple cultural references, and then we move on to the gospel reading for the week ahead. Bentley just paused the <laughs> microphone, the recording, for like a minute, and he, he was over planning this podcast. So whatever come, becomes of this is his fault. I'm sure or it'll to be great. my credit. Oh, right. I'm sure it'll be great, though. <laughs> All right. So so uh, this past week, Kellen and I have traded off two different videos, both of priests during the time of COVID. I said to Kellen a couple of days ago, I've got this wonderful video you have to see. <laughs> Thousands of people have watched it. It's about a priest in the Church of England uh, who's been ordained for 30-something uh, 30 30 years. years. And... He's just reflecting on his time in ministry. And then Kellen quickly (laughs) followed by telling me that she had a video uh, to send. And (laughs) hers was also uh, of a priest in the Church of England. (laughs) And the video, it's so sweet. I should not be laughing, but it's (laughs) this vicar who is like leading online worship. And he's sitting next to some candles and about midway through this video, his shirt catches fire. <laughs> and it's <laughs> just like really, I mean, it's really sweet because he's very, he doesn't react very much. He's like, oh, it just caught on fire. And then he just like puts himself out and turns the video off. But the fact that he still somehow chose to air that video <laughs> is amazing to me. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got these candles behind him. He's asking people to center themselves as they begin to pray. And then he <laughs> lights his fire. sweater on fire, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. And he, and it's he, a purple sweater. In a really kind of calm way, he says, oh, I've, I've caught fire <laughs> or something like this. And then he just puts himself yeah. out and turns the camera off. So he's no priest is hurt in the in, in, in yeah no priest is hurt no no house was burned down it was it's just like this really almost quaint um, catching fire video and I would recommend it to anyone. It's a great video. How would they find it, Kellen? <laughs> I just would Google <laughs> priest catches fire. Priest catches 
fire. <laughs> Stop. Stop the recording. <laughs> But Bentley, um, we should talk about the uh, your video because it's definitely more substantial and you know a video of quality. Well, I don't. So the other video is was professionally done. It was done by uh, some videographer who does short artistic films on a wide variety of subjects, and he happened to interview this priest in the Church of England who's been ordained for more than. <laughs> Why is this funny? <laughs> He's been ordained for more than 30 years. Thinking about that priest who got fired. <laughs> I gotta do that again. Okay, so, stop. No, really, no, stop. No, the deal, Kellen, Bentley. when you improv, you can't stop. Yes, we can. There's literally a stop button. I'm looking at it. Okay, Bentley, let's talk about your video because it's a little bit more substantial. Um, a video, you know, of quality. Yeah, so what I sent Kellen was uh, just a short, it was a short film. I don't even know if it's a short film. It was a clip, maybe two minutes, uh, by a videographer who, who captures a wide variety of subjects, interests, etc., but has this little two-minute documentary, I don't know what you'd call it, on a priest from the Church of England who had been ordained, who has been ordained for more than 30 years, and he's simply reflecting on his life as a parish priest. Yeah, it's a super sweet video. Um, and, you know, he just kind of walks through a little bit about what it means to be a parish priest, because a lot of people have no idea. Um, he talks about sort of the variety, his emotions. He has that really sweet line about his own feelings, having a lot of feelings in ministry. Yeah, he talks about how one of the most difficult parts of his job is coping with the extremes of emotions, not just in other people. Mm-hmm. But in his own, in his self, you know, the, the emotional kind of swings that he experiences going from uh, a birth uh, to a funeral um, and everything in between, difficult conversations, delightful conversations with parishioners and how his day uh, and his life is one that kind of uh, displays a wide range of emotions. Mm-hmm. I mean, he comes across as like this very humble man, right, uh, with a pretty simple life, but also just like so much delight in his vocation and his sense of calling still after, you know, 30 plus years. I've encountered a lot of, I feel like maybe tired or embittered priests at that point in time, and he just comes across the exact opposite. Well, this is what caught me in particular is I, uh, Kellen, I think I've had the same experience where it's easy to find uh, clergy that, that at least appear to be a bit burned out or jaded. or uh, So then when you find a priest uh, with his kind of experience who still seems to possess a deep passion and a clear sense of call, uh, it's super encouraging and a helpful reminder to kind of keep the main thing the main thing. One thing that he said that I was curious what you thought about is that early in the interview, he was asked about his his work and his job, and he stopped the interviewer and said that he actually can't separate his life as a priest from who he is. It's not like a hat that he puts on or takes off, or 
he's just simply living out uh, his baptism in this way. And there's nothing more or less that he could do because that's just who he is. Would you, what did you think about that? Um, well, I found it to be sort of an answer full of integrity. And I found myself admiring him for that. I think um, so much more of what I hear in terms of practicing the priesthood or embodying the priesthood, you know, is all about like self-care and work boundaries and like it's just a job. And on one hand, like you kind of need that at times. You need to be able to step away from it and leave things in the office, so to speak. But um, I think that the you know, this priest in the video has a much deeper and fuller sense of vocation, but also just like um, how everything he does is in the presence of God anyway. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was uh, another piece of that very short video that that was a, a word of encouragement to me and a reminder about um, how... You know, we walk through the world with integrity or how we're called to walk through the world with integrity. And of course, I think there are certain things that we're expected need to kind of, quote, leave at the office. Mm -hmm. Uh, But my prayer, at least for myself, is that, you know, I don't I'm not pretending to be a priest nine to five. And then, you know, I'm some other human being when I go home and I'm doing whatever else I'm doing that day. Um, And you did, you got the sense from the video that this priest is is a priest of integrity and uh, what you see is what you get and what you see is something really beautiful, delightful, and wonderful in this man. Mm -hmm. So if you all want to find that, it's going to be a bit more difficult, I think. But if you go to uh, the Church Times, which is a UK site, uh, it's it's on the video section of that. Or you can just email us if you want to link. (laughs) You can just email us. It's a wonderful video. All right, Kellen, so this past Saturday was your birthday. It was. Happy birthday. Thanks, Bentley. Did you have a nice birthday? It was really lovely. Yeah, really nice. Went on a hike, sat by the river, had a picnic and with last, some good friends. And last Saturday, it was it was kind of gross in the morning, but then it turned out to be a beautiful day. Yeah, it was perfect. It was really nice. All right, so, so I think it's worth telling our listeners... A little story. A that, little story. Yeah, so um, <laughs> earlier this week... Um, a dear parishioner, you know, got me a little uh, present and brought it to me. And I was sort of like on my way out somewhere. And so I set it on, um, on Bentley's couch. And um, when I came back to the office, <laughs> the present had been opened. <laughs> And Bentley was asking who brought him this present. <laughs> he was asking Teresa who had been in the office and, you know, like, where did where'd this present come from? And um, 
and it wasn't his because it was mine, but I did set it in his office, so it's kind of my fault. So what was great about this story is I walked into the office. There's this beautiful package on my couch, no card, no nothing. And I thought, oh, this is sweet. Like a, someone left you a package. Someone, and it filled my heart with like all this joy and, and, and feeling of um, being cared for by a parishioner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I opened the whole thing and I thought, this, Every is, piece of yeah, it. this is so nice. Um, I didn't know who it was. It, I would say it wouldn't be the first time that someone might have left a gift for me uh, without a card or a note. It's happened before. Um, so I just assumed that this was one of those magical days. Yes. But what was nice, Kellen? But I you think did know my... it was my birthday on Saturday, and that sometimes I like hang out in your office, you yeah, know, and right. randomly leave things here. I did know all those things, I guess. But for the person who (laughs) did give Kellen this gift, you might be listening. I just want you to know that that the joy that you shared uh, in that gift was not just with Kellen, but (laughs) was with me as well. Because, you know, even learning that it was for Kellen, it didn't take away the joy that I experienced while I was unwrapping it. Uh, and, and you were really, like, really happy for me. You kept saying, it's so beautiful. You're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. So happy birthday, Kellen. Thanks, Bradley. If you get any more presents, uh, please don't put them on my couch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So this story about opening up someone else's uh, birthday present reminds me that sometimes we need to apologize for the things that we've done. Do you think I'm the one who needs to apologize because I put it in your office? No, I think it's my job to say I'm sorry that I Mm -hmm. opened up your birthday present. That's nice. I forgive you. Which I think, Kellen, leads us to the gospel reading on Sunday uh, where Jesus is telling his disciples how to behave when they've done something that they shouldn't have done. So our text comes from Matthew, and Jesus tells the disciples that, you know, if someone harms you or sins against you, that you are to tell them that that has harmed you, um, just the two of you, all by yourselves. You're not to tell other people about it. You're to try to reconcile with them one-on-one. But if they don't listen to you, then you are to take another one or two folks with you so that there may be witnesses to the conversation. And then if, again, the person does not listen to you um, and you are not reconciled, then you are to tell it to the church. So if you go through all those steps and you still have not been reconciled, you still have not, you know, come to an agreement um, if that person does not you know, apologize or whatnot, then Jesus says, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector, which I think is an insult, but it's hard for me to tell. (laughs) And then he tells the disciples that, um, you know, whatever they bind or loose um, on earth will be bound or loosed in heaven, which is kind of a fancy way of saying, you know, whatever... Um, you forgive on earth will be forgiven in heaven. 
So that's our gospel text for this coming week. And Bentley is up to preach and wondering what your initial thoughts are, Bentley, on this text. I think this is actually a really helpful. The last part is, is, is difficult, to be sure. Uh, when, when Jesus says, finally, you know, kind of be <laughs> You're done. You're a Gentile or a tax collector. Yeah. But, you know, the parts of this that might seem like a challenge to us or when we take our disagreement to uh, to other people, you know, as witnesses or then the church. But if we're all being honest, most of the time, most of us hold grievances against other people without ever, ever, ever going directly to them and simply saying, hey, you hurt my feelings. You did something that hurt me and I've been holding on to it and I want to see if we can work it out, right? I mean, how many of us are willing and ready to simply have a direct conversation with someone about the ways in which that person might have hurt us? Yeah, probably not very many of us. So in my mind, I quickly, you know, my first reaction is to say, oh, I can't imagine going to two or three other people, or I can't imagine bringing this in front of the church. But in practice, uh, what seems to be the biggest hurdle to get over is um, doing away with my own grumbling or my own internal kind of replaying of a videotape in my head about the way someone's wronged me and just going to them directly and saying, you hurt me. Um, and so I wonder <laughs> if we take this advice seriously and we start uh, to at least try the very first step, the very first step of, of speaking directly to someone, not about someone, but just directly to them, um, how much would that do in terms of building up our relationships with others uh, and building up the relationships within our community? So, Kellen, that's my initial thought on the reading. Um, let's try step one before we move on to step two and three. Um, what, what, are you, what, what strikes you about uh, this reading from Matthew's gospel? Um, I think I am thinking personally about this passage, right? Like, what is it in my life that stops me from being direct and open with the people who have harmed me? And or, you know, hurt me, annoyed me, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, that confrontation, that conflict is almost always like a very vulnerable place to be in, right? To express like, this is really hurtful um, because you, you know, in that moment are totally giving up control for how that person will respond. And if you keep distance, if you don't do that, you know, there's this like sense of entitlement, um, resentment can build, which can initially feel like powerful and easy um, compared to a vulnerable, um, you know, position that puts you at the mercy of someone else's response. Um, so I'm just thinking about how it's hard to do, and it, and it is a very pragmatic thing for Jesus to offer to his disciples, but no less demanding than some of his um, other, you know, instructions for us. Yeah, something I, I'm considering, Kellen, is that I don't think any of us would be that surprised if Jesus said, 
if you've harmed someone, go apologize. Right. But what he's done here in this in this um, command is said that actually, if someone's harmed you, you go to them, which to your point is is so much more difficult. Right. The last thing we want to do is to open up our hearts again to the very person that maybe crushed them a day before. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I'm chewing on related to this, um, and this may not actually have been in the conversation Jesus had with his disciples or, or would have necessarily been in their minds at the time, but I remember a professor saying to me and to, to a group of us over and over again uh, to not assume ill will. Don't mm-hmm. assume ill will of other people's actions or motives. And part of this, I think, requires us to check out with the other person whether or not they actually even an- intended to hurt us. Mm-hmm. We might be... Being sensitive. Sensitive or seeing the situation wrong or mm-hmm. the other person might have made an honest mistake. Um, and I think part of the subtext of all of this is that before we jump to conclusions, before we um, decide to change the way we're going to interact or live with the people around us, to wall ourselves off or to um, intensify the conflict by speaking bad about them, uh, go talk to them first because we might be wrong. Our perception might be wrong. All right, the last thing I just... I think I want to say is that if we stop and think a moment about what Jesus is asking, um, it's not, it's that kind of action and behavior is not foreign to him. Uh, What we learn in the person of Jesus is that God is a God who will constantly seek us out in order that we might be reconciled uh, to God's self. And so in this pattern of living, um, this pattern of reaching out to those who might have done us wrong or, or, or hurt us, I think we learn something about the way that God behaves and interacts with, with each of us and with the world. Orders of steel just flesh and bone. Teach me forgiveness, mercy, mercy for my own skin. That I may see you in the distance, a refugee entering. a prayer. The spirit of truth and source of love, open my eyes and let me see myself as God sees and knows me. Help me to recognize the disordered affections and desires of my heart. 
my whispering sins and my shouting sins, things done and left undone. Above all, give me an awareness of God's boundless compassion and generous mercy, which surpass all I can ask or imagine. This I pray in the name of the one who came among us as savior, not as judge. Amen. Teach me forgiveness, mercy, mercy for my own skin. Thanks all for joining this episode of Empty Pews. It was wonderful to have you with us. It's hard to believe we're here at uh, September. It's crazy. We're knocking on fall's door. Which is Bentley's favorite season, so he's thrilled about it. It's the best. I'm saying goodbye to summer with great sorrow. Uh, Kellen, you should tell everyone about the class we're going to be teaching at the end of the month. Oh yeah, starting September 20th, which is a Sunday morning at 9 a.m., we're going to do a Zoom um, book study on... Rev, the Reverend Julia Gata's book, Life in Christ. Um, it's on Amazon. You should order it and read it. We'd love to have you join us for that conversation. And one more uh, little announcement. Uh, September, Sunday, the 13th at 1130, we'll have our annual meeting. That will be hosted on Zoom, and we're going to do all that we can to make sure that you all get that information and know how to join us for that. A part of the conversation, a big part of that conversation, will be talking about the construction project, which will be starting in October and giving you all all the details on that and also give you all a chance to ask questions about the project. Six months into this pandemic, we still really love you. We still really miss you. God's peace.